0: Hey, everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market. And I've got a good episode for you today. We're going to talk about the art of making excuses. Man, let me tell you, Wall Street is filled with excuses. And so the message here from this podcast today is stop making excuses. Guys, one of the best things you can do for yourself if you want long term success in the stock market is to stop making excuses. Look, I get it. We've all made some really bad trades in our lifetime but you can't keep blaming somebody else. You can't keep blaming everyone except for the person who made the actual trade. So originally I was planning on doing an email today for this podcast episode, but I came across probably one of the greatest tweets of all time. A tweet that simply puts the responsibility on everybody else for their horrible trading decisions. I didn't seek out this tweet. Actually, it was on StockTwits. I didn't seek out this post on StockTwits. I didn't ask for it. It just landed in my lap and I said to myself, holy cow, how can I not address this? Because I think that this is a belief and a thought process that runs through the minds of so many traders. And I've been harping on people not to do this. You've got to take responsibility for your own trades. But anyways, for this episode, I'm going to call this guy Wawa because Wawa is doing a lot of Wawa in this particular post. Wow posts NLSP. That's the stock that he's in. And LSP first, a little bit of background, by the way, is trading at like 90 cents a share. Okay, so we're talking about a penny stock, a very unreliable company. This guy is going full on stupid. He writes, I am not sure what is going on except I just had notification that I had to liquidate a large amount of my holdings. I was forced to sell at prices that were completely unfair. Imagine fighting short activity and then a business decision was made by what appears to be related to the regime. Guys, where do people come up with this stuff? I mean, there is so much wrong in just a few sentences that it is absolutely mind-blowing. But before I can even get to this, I'm going to have to tell you what I'm drinking. Because this post requires a strong drink, and I've got one here for you today called Fighting cock. Fighting cock is the name of this particular bottle. It's a $1999 bottle. It's made by heaven Hill and heaven Hill is actually a good distillery. So they're trying to make this one compete with wild Turkey one Oh one. And it's 51.5% 103 proof. So pretty strong drink. Now to the eyes, it's got kind of like this light brownish color sort of looks a bit watery, but to the smell, it definitely burns the nostrils. Some. I mean, I'm, Picking up on the ethanol, no doubt. And to the taste, I don't know. I mean, you pick up some of the banana flavors. I pick up on the ethanol there as well. A little bit of the corn flavors. I would say it lacks depth more than anything. It just doesn't stand on its own as being like a great bourbon. And I was really hoping for a $20 bottle. This one might be a unicorn, but it's not a unicorn. Those are hard to come by. And when they become unicorns, they get allocated. Now on the finish, pretty solid. I mean, it's got some kick to it. Overall, it's not the worst bourbon I've ever had. If you remember a few episodes ago, I gave water a 4.3 rating simply because I wanted it to be to wear anything less than a 4.3. I'd rather have water than actually drink that bourbon. This one does not get down to the 4.3 level. This one is about a 5.2. And Wild Turkey 101 was a 5.8 for me. So this doesn't quite beat Wild Turkey. This is close but no cigar. Now, back to Wawa. Holy cow, Wawa. I got to read this one more time for you guys. He says again, he's talking about the stock in LSP. I am not sure what is going on except I just had notification that I had to liquidate a large amount of my holdings. I was forced to sell at prices that were completely unfair. Imagine fighting short activity and then a business decision was made by what appears to be related to the regime. Okay, first off, forced To sell. Why was he forced to sell? Did they just say, oh, man, this guy's going to make some money off of NLSP. We need to sell his shares. No, no brokerage does that. They don't do that. Guys, if you're forced to sell out of your position, it's likely because you made some bad decisions. The brokerage forced you to sell because of the bad decision that you made. I mean, this guy's loaded up on NLSP and he's being forced to sell. That means he's in margin. So he's using somebody else's money. So that alone was a bad decision going into margin on NLSP. Again, a stock trading under $1, you're willing to leverage yourself on. And not only that, in a horrendously bad market, you're going long on it into margin. So no, don't blame somebody else for forcing you to sell. Your bad decisions led you to having to be forced to sell. Again, stop making excuses. You want to actually get successful in the stock market? quit blaming somebody else. <laughs> the next part he says was, I was forced to sell at prices that were completely unfair. So my question back to Wow would be this, who should bear the burden instead? If you don't like the prices that you're being forced to sell at, would you have liked it if they had told you to sell it a little bit earlier when it wasn't so low? Then you would have been like, why are they forcing me to sell? There's no reason to force me to sell. No, it's a Pretty systematic process. If you don't meet the margin requirements, they're going to force you to sell. So again, my question to Wawa would be who should bear the burden instead of you having to be forced to sell at unfair prices or what you deem to be unfair prices? Should you not have planned your trade out? Because I'm going to be guessing to myself, if you're making risk a priority, you're not going full tilt on NLSP. And again, I don't know anything about the exact makeup or composition from this guy's trade. I'm simply deducting From the post, what is being said here? When he has to liquidate a large amount of holdings, I'm assuming that it's because he was well in a margin and the trade is going horribly awful for him. So remember, when you're venturing into the world of margin, if that's something that you want to do, guys, they're not taking the loss. They're going to preserve their capital. They're not giving you a handout when they're giving you margin. They're giving you an opportunity to make more money than what's your own capital, but it's all your capital that they're putting at risk first. And if you can't meet their margin requirements, they're going to force you to sell. You agree to that when you sign up with their brokerage, when you sign the documents related to margin, you're agreeing to that. And again, probably very much avoidable had he simply planned out his trade, had a stop loss in place to where, okay, if it goes down to here, I don't want to be in this any longer, he gets out of the trade. But these folks that are buying these really, really cheap stocks, they're doing it out of the hopes to get rich, to get rich quick, and they're wanting to make absurd amounts of money with very little capital, but that's not how it works. Okay, so the next part of this thing, and this is really where Wawa starts to lose it. He says, imagine fighting short activity, and then a business decision was made by what appears to be the regime. There's a lot to unpack in that final sentence, but the first part, imagine fighting short activity. Dude, who is drafting you to fight short activity? Who's telling you, hey, you know what? We got to defeat these monsters. We got to go after them by buying the most awful companies that you could possibly imagine stocks that are going out of business, stocks that are on the brink of bankruptcy. Let's go buy those because, yeah, they're all shorting them. Let's stick it to them. I'll be the first to admit, the stuff that happened with GameStop and AMC initially, it was impressive. You even had that HKD one. I don't even know anything about that company, but whatever happened there, that was some pretty crazy stuff. It was on light volume, but it was still pretty crazy. You guys got further than anybody ever imagined that you guys would. But just look at the charts, guys. Every time you try to pump up a stock, it's a lower high. And so this concept of, oh, I got to fight short activity. Did you see the short interest on this stock? Oh, they're all corrupt. Guys, shorting is as old as time, practically, as long as there's been trading, there's pretty much been short trading. And remember this, trading is not a cause. It is not something that you're trying to be the hero at. Look, if you want to be a hero, go walk down the street, find someone whose cat is stuck up in the tree, grab a ladder, climb up, rescue the cat, and bring it back down. You'll be a hero. But there's no room for heroes in the stock market. Yet, it seems like we prop all these people up, Ryan Cohen, Elon Musk, the dude from GME that bought GME. You know, everybody is like, wanting a hero to follow in the stock market. And the fact of the matter is, there's no heroes in the stock market. If you make somebody out to be a hero, they'll eventually disappoint you. It's like the whole Batman villain, you know, either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Guys, what have we seen out of so many of these people, whether it's Ryan Cohen and Bed Bath & Beyond where he was selling a whole bunch of his shares or Elon Musk when he just tweets the craziest things possible. I remember with Elon Musk and Dogecoin, people were actually expecting him to pump Dogecoin up on Saturday Night Live, and that was going to be what ultimately saved them in their position, and he disappointed, didn't do anything. And where's Dogecoin at today? So for the last few years, we keep hearing about all these stocks that are gonna go to the moon, and and all these people are gonna make money. It never does. But you wanna know which is a very valuable asset to have on your side in the stock market? That would be swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Guys, this gives you all of my stock market research each and every day. We're talking about videos each and every day outlining updates to big tech, the overall stock market, the different trade ideas, plus you're going to get my watch lists each week, and setups that I'm following each and every day. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com, and you're supporting this podcast in the process. Now, so far in this podcast, Wawa has been forced to sell. He's also been forced to sell at prices completely unfair. And now he's propping himself up to be the hero that we deserve. Because he is the fighter, the Cape crusader against all forms of short activity. But, oh, Kryptonite was sent his way in the form of a business decision. A business decision was made to sell, to force him to sell, no less, at prices completely unfair. Despite the fact he was fighting shorting activity, which is completely legal, by the way. Yet, in his own imagination, he has deemed it illegal, it appears because he's here to fight it. But my question is, is, imagine a business not wanting to take a loss on someone else's behalf. Imagine a brokerage saying, "Oh, you know what? I didn't realize you were fighting short activity. We're going to let you just continue to lose money on this particular trade because we believe in your cause." It's not going to happen, guys. Again, Wawa made a horrific trade. Wawa needs to own up to it. If he was making a bazillion dollars on this trade. I don't think that they would be doing a margin call on him. Businesses are not into making your life easier as a trader. They're not going to lose their money first. You are. So when you decide to go into margin, when you decide to get greedy, yes, you're going to lose some money as a result. And finally, this was a business decision that was made by what appears to be related to the regime. What the heck is the regime? Maybe I am disconnected from NLSP stock lingo. Maybe there, there's this whole subculture with NLSP and there's this big boogeyman that they're fighting because clearly Wawa has a nemesis here. He's the hero that he feels like we deserve and he's got a nemesis that goes by the name of regime. So I don't know what the regime is. Wall Street, the banks, hedge funds. I mean, that's usually the, the easy fruit that's hanging that most people want to blame all of their bad trading decisions on. But I just like to call it the boogeyman because usually who they think the regime is or the bad guy is, they don't even really know who the bad guy is. So I just call it the boogeyman because it's a figment of their imagination more times than not. Does that mean that there is not any Wall Street corruption? Sure, there is. But as individual traders, is it something that we really need to set out being worried about? No. And here's the other thing, guys. If you think a stock is corrupt, if you think a stock is manipulated, if you think the stock is unfair, and some people feel like they even have proof that it's corrupt or, or whatever. So why are you trading that stock? I would go to the stock that's not corrupt, that's not unfair, that follows technical analysis. In fact, I do do that. But knowing that a stock or what you perceive to be a stock that is unfair or, or there's corruption or there's manipulation involved, well, why do you trade against that? And why do you even trade the stock at all? I mean, if we're in the business of making money as traders, as individual traders, as retail traders, Why are we taking the hardest possible path forward, the least likely path to make you money long-term? And in some ways, I think these people know that they're taking the stupid approach. I mean, he's making this not about trading anymore, not about making money, but about fighting short activity. What does this all boil down to? I think a lot of it's just poor education when it comes to the financial markets. And creating this like noble cause in your mind isn't really so noble because in the end, the only reason why anybody gets into the stock market is to make money, to make profits. And the sad part is is that most get into the stock market thinking that they're going to get rich very quick. And that's just simply not the case. It is hard. Most people will lose. Most people will not make money in the stock market. It's only an unfettered dedication to risk reward, to risk management, to planning out your trades. Does a person even have a shot at making profits in the stock market? Is it possible? Yes. I think anybody can be a profitable trader. I don't think it requires a particular degree or upbringing. I think there's a lot of it that's psychological that people have to get past. And here's the other question. If you're all about everybody in the Wall Street bets crowd getting rich, okay, let's send the stock to the moon. Everybody gets rich. So then if everybody's getting rich, who are you selling to? Ah, probably nobody. So let's say it goes to the moon. Who's the buyers at that point? If everybody's getting rich, because everybody's in it, because the retail crowd got rich, is it going to be Wall Street? No. So it's really almost impossible for the stock to just go straight to the moon like everybody's hoping that it's going to do, to go to a trillion dollars or whatever that market cap desire is. Because when people start selling, there has to be buyers there to absorb it. If there's not buyers, it automatically goes straight back down. And then it becomes a snowball effect to where everybody's getting out at lower and lower prices because the faster that they're selling it, the faster it moves downhill. And all of a sudden, you're back to where you started. That's what you see in GME. Every time it spikes, it comes straight back down. AMC, the same thing. What you saw a few weeks ago in HKD, the same exact thing. Yeah, we think that all of a sudden there's going to be just like these magical buyers from another planet that are going to absorb all of the sell orders when you get to the moon. It's like they really think that the moon's inhabited with a whole bunch of aliens that are going to buy their stock when their stock gets to the moon. Just not happening. Look, man, I've had plenty of bad trades, okay? I have losing trades all the time. I was going through my past performance over the past few months. Really good. I'm really happy about it. September's been great. August has been great. July was, you know, it wasn't a horrible month, but it wasn't a great month either. There was more losses than I would have preferred, but the losses were contained. They were small. We're talking like 1% and 2% mostly like under 2% actually. But those were all my trades. They weren't because somebody forced me to buy or forced me to sell. Those were decisions that I made to get into the stock. And when I got out, I got out because I followed my plan because the stock trade wasn't going right. Had I stuck to that trade, it would have been a far worse outcome for me. While some of those trades were crappy and even painful at times, there was one I got into and then before the end of the day, I was already stopped out for like a 4% loss. That stunk. But because I consistently managed the profits, I'm now looking at trades that have gone up 20% since August. And it goes back to the point of, and I'm not trying to get too sidetracked here, but it goes back to the point of how one good trade against a number of well-managed losing trades can make up for all those losses and then some. So guys, to wrap this up, don't blame the boogeyman. Stop making excuses. Don't try to create some noble cause out of your trading. You're not a hero. You're a trader. Don't try to find the boogeyman out there. Find the problem in your own trading and what you should be doing better. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to leave me a five-star review. Guys, I really appreciate those a ton. Make sure that you keep sending me your questions here. I really appreciate those. I do read them and I try to put almost every one of them on air because most of my listeners are shy, so they won't send me questions. But trust me, I really don't mind it. I'm not going to use your name and I'll be the only person that actually sees the email and who it's from. So keep sending them to me. Leave me a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. Apple's great. Amazon's great. Spotify, Google, whatever you're listening to. And support SwingTradingTheStockMarket.com by paying it a visit and getting all my stock market research. Thank you, guys. God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading The Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the Share Planner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world.